0: Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Agnes Drew, and today is day 64, since we came back on the air.
1: Agnes, you okay?
0: Oh, what? Yes, I, I was just thinking it hadn't occurred to me until I said what day we were on, but we've been thinking we were offline for about three months or so, plus the additional 64 days... It's probably getting close to Christmas.
2: Did you just say Christmas? It is almost Christmas.
0: I love Christmas. No, we're not sure. I just said it was probably getting close. We seem to have drifted right past Halloween and Thanksgiving, and it's probably December now. I didn't realize you were this enthusiastic about it. It's my favorite time of the year,
2: hands down. I just love it so much. The holly, the tree, the candles,
0: candy canes, decorations, carols, just all of it. It's all so amazing. Okay, but you know we might not get to do anything like that this year. I mean, there's trees outside, sure, but I don't know if there's room to bring one in, and we haven't seen any candy canes or anything on our scavenging runs. Since when are you such a party pooper? I'm not. I love Christmas, too. I'm just... This is really unexpected coming from you. And if you're going to get like this, then somebody has to be the practical one and point out that some of those things are a lot harder now than they used to be. Oh, those things
2: don't really matter. Sure, they make everything more festive and they're tasty, but people have been celebrating Christmas for hundreds of years. The best part about it is the traditions. The familiar things we do and with and for each other, they just make us feel warm and safe and comfortable.
1: Wow, Dr. Clark, I've never seen you like this. I'm with Agnes. I didn't know you liked it this much. Oh, and don't forget, we're on the air right now. Uh, let's make this about our listeners as much as about ourselves. What kinds of traditions?
2: All of them. I went into marine science, yes, but I used to also love history. Especially history about Christmas and the origins of... Especially history about Christmas and the origins of tradition.
0: Tell us some.
2: We don't even remotely have time for all of that during the broadcast today. But I will say that one of my favorite parts about Christmas is the fact that part of its history includes so many other festivals. The Norse celebrated Yule, and that's where we get the Yule log. They would burn a log and feast for as long as the log burns and believed that every spark that came from the log represented a pig or a calf that would be born in the coming year, which is really important if you want fresh meat. The Romans had Saturnalia, which is basically a really big party. The winter wasn't as bad in Rome, so there was plenty of food and drink available, and they really took advantage of it. They also changed the social order for a month, put peasants in charge of things. Later, this tradition transformed into the appointment of a lord of misrule, who would be a beggar or a student, and people in the village would play the part of his subjects.
0: What does any of this have to do with Christmas?
1: It's an evolution, Agnes. Christmas didn't just spring up one day. It started as one thing and gradually changed into something else.
0: That's right.
2: Winter festivals were held all over the world, not just in Scandinavia and Rome. They were everywhere. And most of them centered around the winter solstice, the shortest day and the longest night of the year, when things were at their darkest and everyone knew that light was coming back. But I thought Christmas was about Jesus. Well, it is, at least these days. But celebrating the winter solstice was going on a lot earlier than Jesus. In fact, the Bible doesn't actually say specifically when Jesus was born. Easter used to be the major Christian holiday. But in the 4th century, Pope Julius I decided to make Jesus' birthday a holiday too, and picked December 25th because he figured that if people were going to be celebrating during that time anyway, which they were, they might as well celebrate this too. It was his way of helping Christian traditions get absorbed into the traditional cultural festivals. It was a pretty big party for a while. So big that in the 1600s, the Puritans actually tried to get it outlawed because there was no scriptural justification for it and associated it with paganism and idolatry. Wow. So how did it get from there to here? People like a party. What can I say? Plus, in the 19th century, it changed from being a big party to being a celebration of family togetherness, charity, and goodwill towards others. Washington Irving actually had a big part in that by writing the book called The Sketchbook of Jeffrey Crayon Gent, where he went into a lot of really neat traditions, most of which he made up.
1: What, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow Guy?
2: The very same. So around the time of that book, and then later Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, people started thinking about Christmas in a completely different way but acted like they'd been thinking about it that way all along. That's really neat. I had no idea. I think that's one of the things that draws me to Christmas more than anything else. No matter what you believe, it all comes down to celebrating life. The return of the sun. The knowledge that things are getting better. And all those old celebrations from all over the world, contributing to the idea that winter and everything it represented to them, which was primarily death and decay, wouldn't last forever. You mean
0: like now? Especially now. So, where does Santa Claus fit into all of this?
1: That is a whole other broadcast, Agnes, and we're going to have to get into it tomorrow. Assuming Dr. Clark is amenable.
0: You bet I am.
1: Then we'll hear about that then. For now, though, this is Max O'Brien with Agnes Drew and Dr. Rosalind Clark. Take care of each other.